Hi, everybody. Welcome to the Fantasy Football Fanatics. I'm joined by Matt in London. Hi, Matt. Hello. And I'm joined by Ben in LA. Hello. How are you, Ben? I am good. Good, good. So, as usual, we'll get started with our football highlights of the week. Ben, why don't you kick us off? Yeah, so um, I have two quick highlights this week. Um, the first one is Santi Cazorla scored a worldy, a worldy goal in midweek. So, it was good to see him score given his injury issues. I don't know how long he's he's been out for. It feels like years. Um, but kind of one of those lovable Spanish midfielders like Juan Mata scoring a goal. So uh, shout out to Santi Pozzola. And my other highlight was um, our Twitter uh, fantasy football fanatics got retweeted um, by the famous uh, fantasy football scout team. I tweeted not having retarded in this game week and very sad looking cat looking at the rain with the texting life is meaningless because I didn't have Richarlison this week and it was, it was pretty painful. So uh, that was my other highlight this week. A great tweet and a very heartwarming update as well. Thank you for that, Ben. Um, I, I, I actually really like Santi Cazorla as well, even though he's a sort of long-standing Arsenal player. I still have a sort of, I don't know, random affection for him. He's a good player. Um, Matt, do you have a highlight for us this week? Um, well, I think being the Man U fan, I quite enjoyed the last-minute win against Bournemouth um, and it being Rashford and Martial who did the business again. Um, I know everyone's talking about Sanchez playing well, but it's, I don't know, it seems to be becoming increasingly clear that we're sort of winning despite Mourinho, um, but we are still winning and it's quite entertaining to watch at least. Um, so that was my football highlight of the week. It's interesting. I saw some comments about Sanchez playing well. I thought Sanchez was awful in that game. I what everyone else was seeing what did you think yeah I'm, I, I think he's been an appalling signing um, and he's disrupted players like Rashford and Martial's development um, but it, I mean people he, he got like an assist I think which was quite a good one he worked harder but um, you'd expect a bit more for your money wouldn't you um, given the number of his actual output so far yeah, not to mention the um, the rumours that his salary is causing De Gea to think twice about signing his contract and others too. Like, um, there's so much potential damage yeah. from that. I mean, the, the, the club is not doing very well strategically for the long term and planning its squad at all. But at least we get entertaining wins against mid-table Bournemouth now and again. And you've got to enjoy it when it happens. <laughs> yeah, I suppose. Uh, and and your like, uh, gut punt, Andy, of Martial came off. Yep, that's also true. That's also true, which I, I enjoyed a lot. Um Good, thank you, Matt. Well, my football highlight, um, I think, is the uh, the Arsenal Liverpool game, which was a, a, a great match between two attacking teams, um, with lots of kind of little moments in it that kind of summed up the kinds of teams you were playing. Some sort of really bad defending all through the game, as well as some really really sumptuous attacking play. Um, there was a really fun moment in it that I enjoyed, where two players really sort of showed what they were made of. There was. Uh, the ball sort of went flying up in the air and it was uh, Ozil and Salah were, um, were going up for a header together. And I was like, who's going who's to win this, <laughs> this, this challenge? <laughs> and uh, they sort of both went in for it as though they were going to go really like hell for leather into winning this header. Both of them pulled out at the last minute and turned their backs on each other, bumped into each other fell over, the ball bounced between them and then somebody like Fabinho just picked the ball up and walked away. <laughs> like, great, these players have really shown what they're made of. But it was like, there were lots of moments like that that made me laugh as well. So it was um, a great game. Did you guys watch it? 
yeah, I watched it. Um, yeah, it was a good game. Good game. Uh, it's it's been impressive how quickly uh, Emery's got Arsenal playing his style. I think. Yeah, that's true. Um, he and Sarri have both taken their teams to sort of uh, in a short time, taken them a long way. I think I, I'm impressed by him too. Um, Klopp also has evolved this season, hasn't he? They're a lot. They're not just sort of a, a gung ho attacking team they were the last season. Yeah, a lot more, yeah. a lot more defensive and balanced. I think, especially, I think Van Dijk really helps. Um, he looks so good. <laughs> I just wish Manu had. I wish Manu had a Van Dijk, but we don't. <laughs> yeah yeah absolutely I, I feel the same way um good well thank you very much guys um the uh the next section is the game week review which i'm delighted to say i get to go first on which i think is the first time ever. <laughs> you scored so high this week it's insane yeah i did it seems to have been a, a, a sort of a bit of a vacant week for other teams where the sort of differences between my team and, and everybody else's didn't do anything. And then for me, they did. So um, I obviously had Richarlison, as you mentioned earlier, Ben, which was a big win. I transferred in Arnautovic this week. Um, this was, I did have a problem this week, which I thought was going to like a bad omen for my week where uh, I've been waiting for ages to bring in KDB. Um, so when Arnautovic's um, like little box turned white from, from yellow, I thought, great, this is my moment. I brought in Arnautovic for Lacazette um, and I brought in Kevin De Bruyne um, thinking, brilliant, this is it. Finally, I've got my team sorted. And then within about five hours of me doing that, uh, he injured himself in training and is out until December. So then I had to transfer him out again. So I'm actually eight points down this week. So I thought, oh, God, this is going to go badly, isn't it? But as it turned out, Arnautovic got 12 points for me, which was fantastic. Uh, I captained Aguero, he got 22 points for me. Um, Dubravka and Yedlin both kept clean sheets. Alonso got an assist. Richarlison got 15 points. Sigurdsson got an assist. Um, so, yeah, it's all kind of worked out for me. Even Hazard came on the, off the bench and got points. Um, so, I'm currently sitting on 86 points. And I've also got three, according to the bonus point calculations, I've got three more bonus points to come in for Aguero and Hazard. So, I'm going to end up on 89 points for the week. So, a really strong week where others have struggled. Um, my, I still kind of have a lot of problem areas, I think, um, especially when I look at next week, all of my team, my teams are playing each other. So I don't think this is a sign that my team is fixed, but it's at least a very good week for me. So why, why did you do a Duncan Were, an early transfer? Was it because one of them was going to rise in price? Uh, no, it was because I had a, um, a work outing <laughs> on Friday night, so I knew I couldn't make the transfers on Friday night. Uh, so what I ended up doing was on uh, after my workout, <laughs> I came back uh, slightly worse for wear and thought, emergency, I need to make this transfer on Friday night. And I brought in Bernardo Silva for um, De Bruyne, which um, turned out not to be a great move. I, I was... I'm umming and ahhing between Bernardo Silva and Martial, and I decided the wrong way. Uh, but I decided the right way, and that would have been even better this week. Um, but hey, yeah. these things happen. So yeah, a pretty good game week for me. Um, and I will now hand over to... I'm going to check now who, should, who needs it's to definitely go second. Me. It's not close. It is it's not definitely close. Ben. <laughs> oh, of course it is. Matt had an awful week, didn't he? Yeah. So Ben, uh, over yeah. you. So I did, I think, average this week. So I, I finished on 62 points with a hit. I think I'm also going to get some bonus uh, this week. So my team, uh, the, the uh, actually my transfers this week, 
were, I think I mentioned last week, I was going to bring in a Man City defender. So I did Trent, Trent to Laporte. Um, I wanted to get Mendy, but was priced out by 0.1. It's really annoying when that happens. I could have afforded Mendy early in the week, but I, I didn't want to do a Duncan. I was too scared. Um, so I held off and I couldn't afford Mendy. So I went with Laporte. And then my other transfer, um, I was bigging up all the Watford players last week, but did not do it. And the reason why was um, I actually didn't realize Fulham were playing midweek against Man City. And I don't know if you guys saw, but basically they played their entire first team for 90 minutes and were just getting run around by City's B team. Um, So that included Mitrovic. So I don't know what Mitrovic is going to do tomorrow, but I was just I was just thinking there's they just look so dejected, like the first team playing in the League Cup, having to chase City for ninety minutes. Um, so I actually got rid of Mitrovic for Anatovic this week, which worked out well. Um, Anatovic got twelve points, um, and that meant that I couldn't really try and get my Watford players in, which also worked out well because. Um, Andy's Newcastle with his Andy's Newcastle defense really held up against Watford, even though I think Watford had a couple of chances. Um, so that transfer worked out for me. Uh, defense, uh, the Ram or Man City, uh, Liverpool, Chelsea all conceded this week, which was kind of unusual, but got an Alonso assist. Uh, my midfield really didn't do anything this week. Um, Madison again blanked, which is annoying. Uh, Salah didn't do anything against Arsenal. Frazier didn't do anything against Man U. Uh, but my strikers kind of saved me this week. So I had Callum Wilson, um, Captain Aguero, and had Anatovic. So overall, I, I think it's pretty average. I'll probably have a small red arrow, but um, it could have gone a lot worse. And, you know, speaking of a lot worse, I think yeah, that's <laughs> Matt Seaman. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So to say my team is actually quite template, I'm amazed how badly it did uh so the, essentially the, the polar opposite of both you guys so um i did have a watford play already so i thought oh they'll definitely do something against that rubbish newcastle and from watching the highlights they absolutely battered newcastle but forgot to put the ball in the back of the net which was quite annoying um i thought i'd go a bit gung-ho uh, and risky and, and pick mendy instead of aguero as captain um which backfired horribly and Aguero got like some of his highest points the entire season. And I think Mendy blanked for like the first time he's, he's been playing, um, which was a little bit aggravating. Um, but there we go. That happens. Um, so I'm all relying on Mitrovic, who, as Ben has described, is, is massively off form as, alongside Fulham uh, doing the business tomorrow against Huddersfield to try and save me um, from a massive drop in, uh, in ranking. Unfortunately, why did you go Mendy for captain? Sleep sleep deprivation, or <laughs> I think I overthought it. Like uh, overthought it with a tired mind. Uh, as I was reading uh, lots of like stuff about it and thinking about who to who to captain, thinking uh, I should try and maybe get one up on everyone else. And Aguero has never scored that highly um, for for week upon week, and has been subbed off quite early. So yeah. I thought this might be the sort of game where they might like play Jesus instead. Um, with Champions League around the corner. So I thought uh, he might get dropped or might not play too much of a part. And Mendy has like, been storming it um, and will definitely, definitely, definitely get a clean sheet against Southampton, who can't score a goal, let alone score a goal away at home against the champions. 
Um, and none of those things came off. Um, so, yeah, I think some of the thinking was soundish. I guess it was just a bit risky when everyone else is going Aguero. You know, if it doesn't come off, then you're going to take a massive hit in rankings. Yeah. Has this week, Matt, um, given you any uh, any pause for thought on the makeup of your team, or are you just seeing it as a free week? Um, well, it's made me realise that if you if you want to do well in fantasy football, you you can't go with your gut. Sometimes you've got to go sort of uh, play the numbers game and play the averages. So, I mean, realistically, Aguero was more likely to get points strikers and forwards do better than defenders on the whole um so even if you have a feeling you sometimes just go with the logic um but the squad fundamentally isn't i don't think, I don't think my squad's too too much tinkering's needed i mean i'll, I'll get i always plan to get rid of mitrovic van Outovic this coming game week um i thought i'd give mitrovic one final game against huddersfield uh, and we'll see how he does but already i should have done on Outovic a week earlier because he's had a very good game like, um, and Madison's bugging me a bit, but um, I might have to do that in a, a week ahead. All right, good. Thanks, Matt. Well, um, I, uh, I'm actually, I was about 90 points behind you before the start of this week, but I think I'm actually within range of you now. So finally, I'm, I'm not feeling I completely cut adrift from the league anymore after this week. Well, um, big, big. You're welcome. There. You're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> Good, good. All right, should we move on to our um, our previews for the week? Um, I'm going to go as always in order of our um, of our point scores. So I, I go first with a really exciting game. I have Cardiff against Brighton this week. Um, I have possibly the lowest opinion of Cardiff, I think, of anybody on this pod, which means that I'm going for a Brighton win here. Um, I think that Cardiff can't score. And they tend to defend really, really well for about 80 minutes and then concede at the end. So I see a Brighton win. I see probably a, um, a Glenn Murray goal because that's how they win things. Um, so I would be, if you've got Brighton defenders, I'd be looking at bringing those in. If you've got Glenn Murray, then I'd be looking at playing him. Um, I think Brighton, interestingly, um, Duncan mentioned a few weeks ago that Shane Duffy looks like a decent pick. And that has proven true over the course of the last few weeks. So I might have to eat my words on that now. Um, he, he may be another source of goals for Brighton coming in the upcoming games. Um, and obviously, uh, for those of you guys who have um, the, uh, what's his name, Matt Ryan in goal, then uh, that's obviously a good week to play him as well. Um, do you guys have anything to add to Brighton against Cardiff? I'm not sure how good Brighton really are. I mean, I think they had some good results recently, but I think they were a little bit lucky with those results and were showing up again against Everton this week. Um, so I wouldn't be surprised if they if they don't get a result away from home because they're not don't tend to be very good away from home. Yeah, I think I think it'll be low scoring though. Whatever happens. <laughs> yeah, 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 that's true. Yeah, it will be low scoring. One for the defenders. I just, um, I think Cardiff is so bad that I can't say anything other than Cardiff losing. That sounds sound. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Um, next up then is Huddersfield v West Ham, and that's for you, Ben. So, will be interesting to see how Huddersfield get on tomorrow. Um, I think we've talked about how they actually aren't that bad, and Matt Matt has his Pritchard pick. Uh, tomorrow going, so we'll see how Pritchard gets on. I just think West Ham are actually a really good team, at least going forward. 
so I'm, I'm backing West Ham to win this game. Um, obviously, on, on Altovic, who I have is good. Um, really like Felipe Anderson, too, at 6.8. <clears throat> uh, he had he scored a brace against Burnley. He's looking good. Um, their academy player, Diangana, who's only 4.5, got an assist. So he, he could be interesting if you want to fill that cheap uh, midfield fifth, fifth spot. So, yeah, I think um, West Ham good going forward. Don't look amazing defensively, but Huddersfield too, not too much going on attack. So, um, yeah, I'm one and I kind of like, I like the whole West Ham team right now. Yeah, I think I agree with that. West Ham are looking very good. And they've obviously got a very good run of fixtures coming as well. So it's a good time to be bringing in their players. What's interesting about them too is that because a lot of their regulars are injured, um, the likes of Snodgrass and the guy whose name I can't remember, the youth player, his, Dian, yeah. Dian Garner, who's coming on the right wing, like those players who would normally not be near the team and are very cheap now are playing first team during a run of really easy games. So it's a sort of opportunistic pick. There, um, there are a few players there that are worth looking at. Yeah. Good. Um, next one up then is Leicester versus Burnley, which is one for Matt. So I think Burnley are really quite bad this season. They didn't look very good against West Ham. Um, and that means it should be a Leicester win, I think. But I also think Leicester slightly underperforming. I mean, obviously, there was quite an emotional match for them this weekend. Um, and they beat Cardiff, who you'd expect them to beat um, 1-0. Um, but for those sort of the fantasy assets of Pereira, Vardy and Madison, sort of been letting down fantasy managers recently. So this, I think, is going to be a bit of a litmus test. Because if they can't get a few points and goals against uh, Burnley, then I think you've got to think about maybe getting rid of some of those assets. But I think Leicester should maybe get the win because they are the better team um, and they're at home. So I'd probably go for like a Leicester 2-1 win. Yeah, I think I'd probably agree with that. What do you think has happened at Burnley this season? Because at the start of the season, I remember um, I posed the question on our first podcast, do we think Burnley are going to do it again this season? And everyone's pretty unanimous saying, yeah, I see no reason why not. It's not like they've gone far in Europe and that's still distracting them. Like, what, what do we think's happened to them? Yeah, I mean, maybe they've just been... Is it partly been found out or was it partly just the desire? Maybe not quite what it was last season when they were... They basically did the best they could possibly do last season. So I'm not sure what the players are... Are fighting for this season. Um, that's only my, my 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 guess, I guess, and why they're not doing so well. Yeah, it seems plausible if it's all psychological. Mm. Okay. Um, well, the next fixture is Newcastle v Bournemouth, which is one that I really didn't want this week, but the, uh, the fixture generator has given it to me. Um, the reason I didn't want it is because I want both Bournemouth to score and I want Bournemouth... Uh, Newcastle, not to concede, so I've got a difficult one here. I think this might come out as a nil-nil. Newcastle, I think you summed up perfectly this week with your description of uh, of the Watford-Newcastle game, Matt, that they've got this habit of just being worse than the other team and getting battered but not conceding, Um, which is looking great for Dubravka because he often gets bonus points. Um, So for my week, I'm going to bench my... my Bournemouth players and play attackers and play my Newcastle defenders because I think this one's going to end nil-nil, possibly one nil to Newcastle, similarly to this week. Um, my basis of that is predominantly because Newcastle are at home 
I think um, Bournemouth are a better team at home than they are away. Uh, and I think that um, Newcastle's defence on Tyneside will uh, will hold out. What do you guys think? Maybe Ben, uh, what do you what do you think? Yeah, I can, I can I can definitely see this going similar to the Watford game where Bournemouth like hit the crossbar, like have a ton of shots, um, but Newcastle still get their clean sheet. The only thing I I noticed was um, I think Lascelles got taken off or was injured in the Watford game. And obviously, I think he's their best centre-back. So, it would be interesting to see if he makes it back for this game. Um, because if he if he's injured for this game, maybe maybe that's more of a threat for the Newcastle clean sheet. But if he's back, yeah, I can see it being fairly similar. Um, because I would say, you know, Bournemouth's attack is not any better than Watford's attack. So, <laughs> um, yeah, I can see it being similar result. I don't know, but if I think if if Lascelles is injured though, then I mean I'm going to play my my uh, Bournemouth Bournemouth attackers just to see what happens. Yeah, I think Newcastle got very lucky against Watford. They they missed so many chances. The expected goals was like three 0 Watford, I think, um, and that they, yeah, they lost one nil. Um, it, it'd be interesting to see if that can happen again, or if, yeah, if Lightning can strike twice. Yeah, well, that would be three times because it happened last week as well. Yeah. Mm. Okaka missed an absolute sitter. <laughs> did you did you see it? It was I, so bad. Yeah, I saw the highlights. My my boy Isaac Success setting up players to miss again and again and again. <laughs> <laughs> um, Pereira hit the crossbar too. I saw that. Yeah, yeah. It's that sturdy um, Newcastle goal frame. <laughs> Can't beat it. <laughs> Yeah, Benitez does have some sort of real secret, like meta tactic that we can't see because it. Yeah, those players actually were always destined to miss. They're just some sort of weird, weird tactic he has. Yeah, magnetic goalposts. <laughs> That's what he's doing. <laughs> um, next, next fixture is Southampton against Watford. So Ben, what do you think is going to happen here? Ooh, Southampton are shocking. Did you did you see the Sissy game? They were. There was a period where um, I think it was Sane, Aguero, and Sterling were basically just passing to each other in their box, in the Southampton box, like surrounded by 10 defenders, and they just couldn't get it off them. Um, I think Southampton are woeful. Um, so I'm going to back Wofford to win this game. I think Southampton maybe will score. Um, they showed they can score against Man City, and they actually did have a couple shots on goal. Um, but I think just Wofford are a, a better team, probably more confident. Um, so, if you still have players like Pereira, um, maybe Delafeu, it's probably worth keeping them. Maybe even playing Matt Isaac's success again. I don't know. Um, mm. But Southampton are just, I think they're really bad. It's my take. Yeah, it's hard to disagree with that. Uh, Matt, anything to add? Uh, I think I'm once bitten, twice shy on Isaac's success um, at the moment. I think he's destined to troll me uh, where he scores if he's on my bench and he won't score if, he, if I play him. Um, I guess maybe because he's playing uh, rather than Deeney and Gray, that might be a reflection of why Watford aren't scoring as many goals. <laughs> <laughs> it could be related, yeah. Uh, but we'll see. I mean, I think I agree with Ben, like Watford will be favourites to win that one. Yeah, I think uh, it's it's an easy pick, isn't it, to say Southampton to lose, much like saying Cardiff to lose or for them to lose. 
Um, good. Okay, well, next one is Crystal Palace against Spurs, a bit of a London derby. Matt, what do you think? Um, so I think this is another one, a quite easy one to predict, as in I think Spurs are much better than Crystal Palace, and so Spurs will probably win this one. Um, Palace, I mean, I, I just watched the, them against Chelsea, and they, they seem quite plucky. Um, their heads dropped when they conceded uh, that the second goal to go behind again, but um, I can see them keeping it very close and tight, so it might be like a, a low-scoring... Um, I think a low-scoring win to Tottenham's probably the, the odds-on with this one. Yeah, I wouldn't argue with that. Um, Palace are interesting, because whenever I watch them, they play really well and lose. Mm. Um, and Zaha can like run past three, four, five players and just knock it into the back of the net. You know, so you think, oh, great, they're, they're a team that's, that's got a chance to survive this season to win some games. But they just keep losing. Yeah. <laughs> and they've got a really tough they're in the middle of a really tough run of fixtures as well, so it's not looking not looking bright for them, is it? Yeah. Yeah, I think they're yeah. they've got some nice players that you're sort of tempted to put in your fantasy team, but they don't as a team quite get the results regularly enough. Yeah, I don't think their central midfield is strong enough. I think they have a lot of they're they're good on the wings. Um I think defensively they're pretty solid, but I think like MacArthur and like Kuyate and uh, Millie just aren't good enough against like top quality teams. I don't know. I think I have a slightly just different diagnosis. Actually, I think their issue is that they have to play Zaha up front, um, who isn't a striker, but he's just their best yeah. player. Really, he's a winger, and if if he doesn't play up front, then Benteke is injured and so horrendously out of form for years now. They've got Connor Wickham, who hasn't played for two years. Uh, Jordan Ayew, who, in my opinion, is not a Premier League quality player. Um, Sorloff, who uh, it doesn't inspire confidence either. Um, that, that's where I, I see their biggest issue. Mm. I also wonder that Hodgson tactics are getting a bit stodgy as well. So I don't think they're ever going to... They're always going to be quite defensive and rely, rely on sort of counter-attacking. And I, I don't know... If they, when they have opposition like press really high then you can imagine Townsend and Zaha breaking on them. But it's a bit of a one-trick pony, because if, if the defence knows it's to drop deep against them, then they don't have many other weapons. Yeah, yeah, that's that's definitely true. Uh, I think Benteke isn't isn't the player he was when he sort of made his name, is he? And in, in the kind of form he showed for Villa, maybe you'd, you'd back him to score against those teams, but mm, not now. They just, don't, they just don't build play either. They, they just sort of rely on, oh, give it to a winger, hope he scores a goal on his own. <laughs> yeah who does that remind you of Mourinho um, so good next one is an easy one Liverpool against Fulham we've got the second best team in the league against definitely one of the worst and um, I would say the worst defence in the league so I think this is going to be a pretty one-sided game um, Anybody who's got any Liverpool players would be mad not to play them for this week. Um, I'm seriously considering making transfers to get Liverpool players in for this week because they're playing Fulham. Um, I don't think there really is, is much more to say about this like, that we haven't already said. Fulham are atrocious defending. Um, we're expecting them to get beaten by Huddersfield, which is their, is one of the biggest insults we could give them, I think. <laughs> um, meanwhile, Liverpool are flying high, looking great defensively and offensively. Salah's just starting to hit form again. Um, they've got Mane, who also looked great this week. Um, I'm, not, I'm not sure I can see anything other than a really heavy Liverpool win. Anybody disagree? Nope. <laughs> <laughs> the, I mean, the, only, the only thing is Liverpool have Champions League, but 
I think their Champions League game is not that difficult. It's against uh, Red Star Belgrade on Tuesday. This game's on Sunday, so they should be rested for this game. I think so. Yeah, I think. I think Fulham were going to be whipping boys. Yeah, I'd uh, I'd say so. Um, so let's skip past that one then, because it's a pretty easy one, and go on to a much more interesting game for Ben: Chelsea against Everton. Yeah, so um, Everton having a good win at home against Brighton, Chelsea a good win against uh, Palace. I th- I think I see this going similar to when. Everton played Man U at Old Trafford, where it won't be easy for Chelsea, but I think they'll have enough quality to beat Everton, maybe 2-1, especially now that Hazard is back. Um, Still fancy Everton to score, because um, I feel like David Luiz is still a bit of a liability back there, and Everton have good players going forward. Um, but yeah, I think Chelsea will have too much quality. Maybe Ross Barkley against his old team might do something as well. So um, I see this as a scoring, a scoring win for Chelsea. Anything to add, Matt? Yeah, that sounds like a sound prediction. It's a definitely interesting one for uh, fantasy managers. I think they've got quite a lot of popular assets of Chelsea and Everton. So it's one that we'll all be watching keenly. Yeah, I think so. It's certainly an interesting one for me because I have uh, Siggy and Richarlison as well as Hazard and Alonso. So um, it's a fixture I wasn't looking forward to. Yeah, uh, It's also, of course, the return fixture for Ross Barkley. Yeah, and I transferred in Ross Barkley this week um, after he did barnstorming a few weeks. But he uh, he got subbed off in the 65th minute, so that's not so great. Um, but he he potentially he looks a much stronger player this season who's doing uh, playing quite well. So uh, fingers crossed for me. Yeah, so we'll probably see Kovacic start now, won't we? I'm sure, yeah. No, no, no my, my turn and fortune, yeah, that's what's going to happen. Broken leg in the first minute. Uh, okay, good. Um, next one is Arsenal against Wolves for Matt. So, and as I think we were saying earlier, that Emery's tactics are really settling in and Arsenal are, are a, a team on form. Um, and so Arsenal at home against Wolves, I, I expect Arsenal to win fairly comfortably. I think Wolves got a bit of a bad run at the moment and uh, this sort of continues it. So they came back quite strongly against Spurs, uh, but I think that was mainly because there's a Spur debutante who gave away two penalties. So um, that's unlikely to happen again. Uh, so I, I expect Lacazette and Aubameyang maybe to get a couple of goals and maybe a, a 3-1 win, something like that. Yeah, I think especially um, with Arsenal at home, it's looking like a pretty tough assignment for Wolves, that one, isn't it? Yeah. Um, I don't have any Arsenal players in my team at the moment, but they're certainly very tempting to try and get in. Um, players like Lacazette and Aubameyang's probably a bit expensive, but he has, has scored quite a lot of goals this season. Yeah, I um, I had Lacazette and I dropped him so I could get Kevin De Bruyne in, but unfortunately, King of the Trolls then got injured, so I had to lose that, <laughs> that, that yeah. asset. But, um Lacazette's been great for me. I've had him since week two, no, week three, sorry. And uh, he's been great for me so far this season. He's, I think the, um, if I were going to look at Arsenal assets, he'd be the one right now. Um, are there any others, Ben, that you think might be interesting? No, I, I think Lacazette, Obama, Yang are probably the two standout options. Um, Arsenal defensively still seem a little bit suspect. I think the only thing with Arsenal players is they, they, we do, they do have Manu and Spurs coming up. I think fairly soon. So 
in early December, they have Spurs at home, Man United away. But if you fancy them to score against any team, then um, yeah, they're probably a good shout. I know a lot of people like Ozil, but I don't know. He seems like a troll to me. Sometimes he just doesn't do anything. I don't know what you guys think about Messit. Yeah, I, I really like him as a player, but in fantasy terms, he blows hot and cold and can disappear for a little while. So, troll-like. He's also not as much of a central figure in Emery's arsenal as he was for Wenger. And so I think his name suggests that he, like, being a big name, makes you think, oh, great, he's a big name at, what is he, eight and a half yeah. million. Um, but when he's not really guaranteed to be central to their play and he, and sometimes not even start, I don't know. Um, I'm not convinced by him. Yeah, the player who I really like who is not, who is not an FPL um it's not viable for FPL is Torreira. I think he's a really good player. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I agree. It's a great signing. Um, he's tiny as well. Like watching him play, there was a moment where I can't remember who it was now was running alongside him. They were just running and they accidentally elbowed him in the head. Because <laughs> <laughs> his head was at elbow height. <laughs> yeah. um, okay. Well, the last fixture preview is a very, very big one. It's the Manchester Derby. Ooh, scary. Uh, with City at home. Uh, it's another one I didn't want to talk about for obvious reasons, um, but I'm going to have to. So I think this is going to be a much more difficult game for Man City than you might think at first glance. Um, I obviously think City are going to win it because they're the best team in the league and Man United are about the seventh best team in the league. But I think that if Manu are going to be up for one game this season, it's going to be this one. I can very clearly see a, a, a scenario where um, Mourinho plays like Ashley Young on the wing so that we've got an extra defender. Um, he brings out Ander Herrera for a big game. And really, the only attacking players we have are um, maybe Lukaku and Pogba and everybody else is a defender. And we just make it really difficult for them. Uh, so... It, I, I think maybe maybe a 1-0, maybe a 2-1 to City, which is very, very hard fought with lots of fouls. Ball's only in play for 50 minutes. That kind of game is what I see here. Um, obviously, we've got two more Man U fans on the pod, so this is one that you guys probably have a lot to say about. Ben, what do you think? Yeah, I, I completely agree. I think this is when you when Marino rolls out and a Herrera <laughs> to, to hack David Silva for 90 minutes. Um, my one worry is... If we try and park the bus, City are really good at breaking down buses. Um, so I, I can see it either being hard for 1 0, 2 1 to City, or like we just get annihilated, um, like 3 or 4 0. But I'm hoping it's the first one. I think the first one is more likely. Um, so yeah, I don't think we'll have a repeat of last season where we somehow, I think, were we 2 0 down in 1 3 2? I forget. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that's I, right. There's no way Guardiola's going to yeah, let that happen I, again. I don't see that happening. Um, but yeah, as a Man U fan, this is a really scary fixture, especially after City have battered Southampton 6-1. So we shall see. Yeah. Matt, what do you think? Yeah, I mean, last season, remember, that was a, that was a great game, simply because it was just so surprising. Um, but I, I can't see that happening again. It would rely on someone like Pogba, really putting in another like barnstorming performance where he's just unstoppable. Um, but that doesn't happen every week. So I, I fully expect a, 
I'm looking forward to the game a lot, but I fully expect a, a comfortable Man City win. They'll definitely have like 80% possession or something. I think, I think it's what's going to happen. Our defence seems so much worse than last year as well, though. Like, yeah. Just coordination. We even concede loads of set pieces. So I wouldn't be surprised if we concede from a corner and then we start pushing forward and get picked apart by Sterling and Sane and Aguero. Yeah, yeah. I think uh, if it's if it's not a if if City score early, then this could go extremely badly, couldn't it? Yeah. Okay. Well, that brings us to the end of our uh, our fixture previews, uh, which brings us on to the whipping boys and gut punts. Let's do whipping boys first, shall we, Matt? Who do you think is your whipping boys of the week? Um, well, I think it's got to be Fulham um, against Liverpool. Uh, yeah, it's pretty pretty hard to look past Fulham, yeah. isn't it? <laughs> Ben, do you agree? Yeah, agreed. Um, no one tempted to go for Southampton against Watford? No, <laughs> I feel like, yeah, I feel like Watford away, so. Yeah. yeah. Fair enough. I, th- I think, um, yeah, it's pretty hard to look past Fulham, isn't it? So let's, uh, let's say, take Fulham as our whipping boys. Um, gut punts. Uh, ben, why don't you go first for this one? Gut punt, I think I will... I'm going to go for... And it's not really a punty, but um, I think I'll go with Obama Yang against Wolves. Yeah, it's not especially <laughs> punty, is it? <laughs> it's like premium striker. Okay, yeah, I'll go punty. I'll go Ozil against Wolves. Ozil to pick Ooh. apart Wolves' defence. Defying the uh, the wisdom of a few minutes yeah. ago, make it real punty. Okay, Urzel against Wolves. Matt, how about you? Um, I'm going to go for Eric Lamella for Spurs. Um, I think he's been quite a use- he's got some useful stats actually recently. He's been scoring quite a few goals, um, so I think he's in quite good form. And I think Spurs will will get the required goals against Palace. So. That's my, my gut pump. But he's he's not a, a usual fantasy pick because of his squad rotation risk. Yeah, that's a, a fair point. Um, I'm going to go Wilfred Zaha against Spurs. I think uh, Zaha might conjure something out of nothing. Even if even if Palace lose, there's a decent chance of, uh, of, of Zaha doing something against Spurs. So that's going to be my gut punt, I think. Our guts face off. <laughs> quite the uh, quite the injury. <laughs> okay, I'm gonna go away and do some sit ups. Okay. Uh, <laughs> all right, good. Um so the final section this week is um clean sheets, uh captains and transfers. We do clean sheets first, shall we? Um Matt, who do you where do you see a clean sheet here? Um so I won't well, I'll go Liverpool I think are the obvious candidates, but uh, I'll go for an unusual one. I think I'll go for Brighton, and hope Matt Ryan gets Brighton against. Yeah, hope Matt Ryan gets me another clean sheet. Solid, solid, Ben. I will go. I'm going to go West Ham. Yep, I think that's a pretty good good pick. That obviously means that Pritchard won't be scoring. Um. I'm going to take the easy one and go <laughs> Liverpool will keep a clean sheet against Fulham because for some reason you guys didn't say that. <laughs> Matt? Um, 
I think hmm, maybe Arsenal against Wolves. Yep, plausible, plausible. Ben? I'm going to go, I think, I can't see too many left, but I'm going to go Bournemouth against Newcastle. And I'm going to go Newcastle against Bournemouth because that's going to finish 0-0. <laughs> <nil, nil. laughs> all right, I think that's probably all of them, isn't it? Any, any, any that we've missed, do you think? Or should we, uh, should we move on to captains and transfers? That looks about right. Yeah. All right, uh, Matt, why don't you go first then with captains and transfers? Um, so I've just looked it up and Mitrovic's recent price fall means that I can't, I can't now afford to do on Outovic in one move, which is really, really irritating because that was going to be my... my, my my move for this week. So I might have to take a four point hit because I, depending on how he does tomorrow, I'm determined to get rid of Mitrovic and get, get on out of it, Jin. So I'll probably look at Madison and who I want to replace him with, um, this week. Cause he's gone a few weeks now about, without doing much. Um, so I think there's, uh, some, some cash I can maybe buy the save of a cheaper player or do it a parallel type six point something, um, mid- midfielder. Um, yeah, the thing that's a, that it's a, it's a very uh, annoying thing, that isn't it? When you just momentarily get get priced out that, that just at the wrong moment. That happened to me too. I was hoping to get um, Fraser out for Mane was my my plan, but I can't do that anymore. But I'll come back to that when uh, when when my time comes. Um, who's going to be your captain? Um, it's hard to look beyond Salah, I think, for for Liverpool against Fulham. Um, so any premium Liverpool asset, I think, it's going to be captain material this week. Yeah, it's a, a fair shout. Uh, good. Ben, how about you? Captain of Transfers. So, because I took a hit this week, um, I was planning on saving my transfer for this upcoming game week. And looking at my team, I, I still think that is probably the right move. So, I won't be making any transfers. I think similar to Matt, like Madison is really annoying me. Four, four blanks in a row. Um, so I'm, I, I think eventually longer term, I want to replace him with either Felipe Anderson or Richarlison, but he's at home to Burnley. So I'm going to keep him one more week. And if I save a transfer, that means I'll have two, two free transfers going into international game week, which will be, um, quite nice. And then I can reassess my team after international break and captain is going to be, uh, Salah. Yeah, sort of thinking. Uh, I obviously have a, a problem that I can't captain Mo Salah this week. I think I'm, all of the ground that I've made up is uh, is looking like it might get lost straight away next week. Um, so I am looking transfer-wise to bring in Sadio Mane was my uh, my objective, which I can't do the way I wanted to due to price changes. Uh, he's gone up in price. But uh, I will be losing... Um, who am I losing? Bernardo Silva who I only just transferred in, didn't do very well. Um, he seems to be the replacement for Kevin De Bruyne in Pep's team. But having watched him in the game against Southampton, he just didn't look to be at the same pace as everybody else. Um, so I don't... And he's obviously not as good a player as Kevin De Bruyne. So I'm going to lose him straight away, I think, and bring in Sadio Mane, who will have an easy fixture this week. Um, then I will captain Sadio Mane, and that gives me an obvious captain as well, which I previously didn't have. 
in a week where a lot of I've got um, Bournemouth against Newcastle and Everton against Chelsea and Man U Man City. So so many of my players are facing difficult assignments this week that um, I I could really do with somebody who's going to have an easy one. So yeah, Mane in um, for Bernardo Silva is my transfer. Um, and then I'll probably look further down the line to remove Fraser for one of Lamella or Mora or Martial. And then my captain obviously will be Sadio Mane because obviously if you're going to bring him in this week when he's playing Southampton, you're going to captain um, Sadio Mane. Uh, Fulham rather than Southampton, um, you're going to captain Sadio Mane. So that's going to be my my plan. Yeah, I think that's a good move. I was like, wow, Andy has 3.7 million in the bank. So that means... Your your squad value is under 100 and you scored 91 points this week. It's amazing. <laughs> <laughs> it's pretty unheard of, isn't it? Um, I, and I, I, for, like momentarily, for about five hours, I had no money in the bank because I brought in De Bruyne. <laughs> <laughs> but then I had to lose him again. Good, good. All right. Well, thank you very much, everybody. That brings us to the end of the pod. It's, uh, it's time to sign off. So uh, thank you very much, Ben. Thank you. Uh, hopefully, Matt, you'll have an equally bad game week next week. <laughs> Thanks, Ben. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you very much, Matt. Cheers. Um, I'm hoping that Ben, after predicting Watford are going to do uh, such good things, they're not back in his own gut, uh, that he gets punished for it next week. <laughs> <laughs> And thank you, listeners, from me as well. Um, I'm very much hoping that Sadio Mane outscores Salah next week because that's the only way I'm going to score any points.